Hello everyone. I want to welcome you to Greener Thoughts. I want to thank you also for listening. My name is Nyla and this is the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, proactive ways you can protect our planet and more. This episode topic we're going to talk about is all about the connection between climate change and violent crime in the United States. Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. I would love for you to favorite Greener Thoughts, also uh, review Greener Thoughts with uh, anyone you can, and be sure to share uh, your favorite Greener Thoughts episodes. All these actions will help Greener Thoughts grow. You can contact Greener Thoughts by sending a voice message to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts podcast forward slash message, or you can send me an email to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So everyone, I do have one uh, special announcement um, for this episode. So um, it's about one of the recent uh, brands I went ahead and reviewed and talked about. Um, And I did it from um, episode 105, the uh, 10 eco-friendly sustainable gifts for the 2019 holiday season. I talked about uh, the brand uh, Bees Wraps, and I bought it um, recently, uh, and so I'm really excited to go ahead and try it. I said that I would uh, go ahead and uh, talk about it uh, then, and so um, you know I'm happy to you know go ahead and um, uh, review it a little bit later at a later time and give you all some feedback about it, even though I did talk about it extensively. So um, I did review. Um, the brand um, just on its face and everything and talked about how great it was and I love it and I cannot wait to go ahead and uh, have the uh, shipment uh, come to me so uh, you can listen in about uh, the review of it on uh, the Eagle Company Spotlight segment I did on December 12, 2019 and it's in the uh, episode entitled uh, Honolulu's New Powerful Law to Ban Plastic Pollution. So next I want to go ahead and jump into our next segment. Um, the headlines from the hemispheres. So this is our new uh, segment um, from the uh, other one that was entitled um, In Other News. Um, it's now, of course, going to be uh, headlines from the hemispheres. So it's a quick briefing uh, on environmental news globally. So the first headline is all about this amazing tortoise and what it's done uh, to help revive its species. So a 100-year-old tortoise sex god uh, retires after making 800 species-saving babies. You can uh, find out more about that news piece on HuffPost, a.k.a. Huffington Post, in uh, the environment section there. And so it's really amazing that this you know, tortoise um, is a huge Galapagos um, giant tortoise, and it's 100 years old, a century years old. 
um, and it's named uh, Diego, and he's actually retiring um, from where he was placed um, in the San Diego Zoo, and he actually helped save his endangered species by fathering um, some 800 babies. That's a lot of little tortoises. And so because of that breeding program that was done, um, it started, um, you know, 50 years back and um, it really helped, um, especially with the last of the 12 or so dozen females of the Galapagos uh, giant tortoise species. Um, they're now on the island uh, in the Galapagos um, and so there are tons of uh, tortoises, 2,000 um, now that have been brought back to the uh, Hispaniola uh, Island in the Galapagos. So uh, with the help of Diego, he has fathered a ton of, again, those tortoises, um, 800 of them. So about 40% of the Tolo uh, tortoises. The second headline is all about uh, temperatures and how things are heating up in our world's oceans. So the second headline is that the world's oceans uh, were the hottest in recorded history in 2019. You can learn more about that news piece on, again, uh, HuffPost, a.k.a. Huffington Post, in the environment section as well. So there was a recent study that was published in the journal uh, Advances in Atmospheric Sciences, and the, the technique used in capturing the data was um, I wouldn't say simple, but it was straightforward um, because with the capture, there um, there were about 4,000 floating devices uh, within the uh, oceans across our planet, and they captured data, um, specifically uh, sea temperature information. So this was a great effort, and the project um, that was used uh, in capturing this data was known as Argo. Uh, as we all know, some of the most devastating effects of um, our oceans are really severe, like um, threatened or endangered species, uh, you know, of marine life, biodiversity there, fisheries are threatened uh, most often, um, other types of wildlife like birds and, and other types of animals because of, you know, collapsed um, food chains, etc., um, melted sea ice and... Um, you know, land um, is being devastated as well, severe storms, uh, natural disasters like floods, I could go on. And one of the uh, most notable researchers within the project, um, Mr. Michael Mann, uh, he's a professor at Penn State University, my alma mater, and he's a prominent scientist uh, within the uh, cli climate uh, space when it comes to uh, climate data and research. And he was talking about um, that 2019 wasn't just the hottest year, um, but it was also the uh, largest single year increase in uh, ocean temperatures in the entire decade. So for like the entire decade, there has been 2019 being the biggest increase uh, as far as uh, ocean temperatures. The third and last headline is all about New Zealand. And so New Zealand schools are to teach uh, kids about climate change. And you can find out more about that news on treehugger.com. 
So it's amazing now because uh, New Zealand is in introducing a new type of curriculum. Um, it's all about educating the children uh, in a public school specifically about climate change. And so, you know, it's not mandatory, but there was there is a real need uh, for this because, you know, students are asking questions and they're being more inquisitive. They're wondering and they're being curious about our world and our planet. And so, you know, they're learning about the changing times and there's a sense of with this curriculum, they can sort of relieve the ego anxiety um, about, you know, what, what the future holds for our planet and worrying about what it looks like. Uh, the curriculum will uh, be available to students from ages 11 to 15 years old. And um, this plan, this curriculum, that New Zealand is is following and doing, it actually comes um, from the footsteps of what Italy has been doing uh, because their plans are to add the uh, climate change curriculum uh, by uh, late 2020, so um, in September, actually, uh, 2020. So we're going to jump into uh, the start of everything now. So the source uh, for this news piece comes from ENN.com, aka Environmental News Network. And so I want to start with the reason as to why this episode is really important. Um, because we all know it's the new year and uh, things are somewhat starting off on the right foot, but as we all know, climate change is ever among us. It's evolving um, in ways that are more devastating, especially when we look at what's around us, what's happening now um, with the wildfires of California and most recently of Australia, we are finding out the devastating power uh, that's happening all around us with, um, you know, the fact that our our land masses and our and environment and our our trees are being devastated, our our the wildlife, not our wildlife, the wildlife, um, and things are taking a turn um, in a devastating manner. And I'm not going to say it's for the worst. I'm just saying that um, things can definitely get better, and they will get better. But right now, it's a hard time. Um, crime is a serious social issue. Um, there are, of course, shows about different crime um, events and in, 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 um, um, incidents and, um, you know, different criminals and, and what they do. And there's a real genre um, around crime and, and around um, solving crime. And there's podcasts about it, books, um, classes. Criminology is the study of how sociology meets with crime. Um, and there are movies about crime and the subject. So we're going to learn, you know, how crime specifically re relates with climate change, even though it can be kind of tricky because both subjects are kind of vast and they're really diverse because with crime, you know, we could break it down, um, you know, by maybe gender, um, age, socio-demographic um, types of, you know, facts and figures, um, geographically, you know, regionally, uh, culturally, how crime is um, affecting different people and why. Uh, there are just so many different factors to consider 
um, with studying and learning about crime and with climate change, it's very different too. Um, so we're going to look at how uh, specifically we're going to discuss how violent crime and uh, climate change has a particular connection. So I want to jump to the uh, first uh, bit, and so I entitled this um, piece we're going to be uh, looking at and everything. It's called, um, I called it Beating the Heat and Beating Bad Guys. So uh, we're going to go into the ties between climate uh, data and crime. So um, because of climate change, because of the uh, recent data, you know, there could be a real uh, reality of witnessing uh, several tens of thousands of added uh, violent crimes each year in the United States because of climate change. And this is based on a new recent uh, research published in the journal um, Environmental Research Letters, so published uh, early January 2020. And so the data was mined from two different data sets, so from the FBI uh, crime data uh, base that they have and also NOAA, uh, the climate uh, database that they also have as well. And also with the data and in the research, 42 state-of-the-art global climate models were used just to make um, the crime projections and also factors like regionality and seasonality, these were also used. So with the findings within the research, um, winters are going to, you know, be a lot more um, unsafe and sinister. And this is because with uh, warming uh, winters that we're going to have because of climate change, they kind of make the perfect storm, essentially, um, no pun intended, um, for violent crime and things like assault, uh, robbery, um, rape, those types of uh, violent uh, types of crimes. And it's because, you know, there's the opportunity for people to um, interact with, with people because there's less nasty weather because as winters get warmer, uh, there's that slush. Um, it's, it's moderate, mild temperatures to some degree. It's chilly, but not um, to the point where you're going to stay inside. So there are people who are out there who will take advantage of that and will uh, commit crimes based on uh, it being warmer, even in the winter. So next, let's uh, look at, you know, what else the research team was able to uncover and, you know, some of the final results. So with the research results, uh, it indicated that um, in the U.S., it should expect an additional 3.2, uh, that's the average between the 2.1 and 4.5, or a 2.3, that's the average between uh, 1.5 and uh, 3.2 um, million of violent crimes between uh, 2020 and a 2099, depending on uh, greenhouse gas emissions factors. So it's going to, um, you know, level out to, like I said before, uh, the tens of thousands um, of occurrences, you know, that could definitely, um, you know, repeat upon itself and multiply, you know, within the year. So you can maybe have, you know, 10,000, 40,000, 100,000 um, violent crimes per year. But uh, over the decades between 2020 to 2099, that will, of course, be millions uh, compounded uh, violent crimes incidents. 
the um, corporate, the Corporative um, Institute for Research in Environmental Sciences, um, Sears or Sires, uh, was also in collaboration with this research, uh, and also NOAA and the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, we're going to jump to the limitations of the study now. So, um, based on what I read within uh, the study um, and research, there were several different uh, limitations, but I want to talk about um, just a few. One of them in particular, um, it was that the information, it showed that, um, you know, rather it, it really expected um, or showed, the information showed um, that it would rather have and project uh, the expected difference in crime levels, it would com be compared to a non-warmed uh, global climate. So, you know, that is to say that, you know, it, it projected the additional violent crimes uh, contributed by warming. So because of warming, uh, the estimates uh, are projected um, as violent crimes, and it's based off of their baseline uh, that they used um, for the 2014 crimes rates. Um, they used that baseline back in 2014 for all their future projections. Uh, next, I want to get into um, more information. So just for more information, if you'd like to look more into, re into the research, um, I will go ahead and link the uh, research link for you. So you can check it out in uh, the show notes. I will link it there. And I want to end uh, with some uh, notable quotables. So Ryan Harp is uh, the uh, sires or the um, type of researcher within uh, the study. And he was also the lead author uh, on uh, this new study. And he said, quote, Depending on how quickly temperatures rise, we could see two to three million more violent crimes between now and the end of the century than there were, would be in a non-warming world, end quote. And then also, uh, the co-author, uh, Christopher uh, Konoskis, he also said the following, quote, We are just beginning to scratch the surface on the myriad ways climate change is impacting people, especially through social systems and health. We can see a future where results like this impact planning and resource allocation among health, law enforcement, and criminal justice communities, end quote. I think for me, I, I needed to talk about this subject because it had been on my mind for um, some time since about earlier January, um, because I do love social science and sociology, you know, that's my background. That's what I, I studied for. Um, that's where I have my degree in. And so we're talking about this, um, having that intersectionality of the environment and talking about climate change. Um, I felt like this subject was really important just to talk about, um, we all know and fall in love with crime series, with docu-series about crime and, and murders and, and people in um, peculiar you know, situations um, that they get themselves in. Um, I myself follow a few different types of um, crime podcasts on Anchor and Himalaya, for example. And um, I haven't really heard anything too much about climate change and the intersectionality of 
um, crime. So this episode, you know, was really um, something that I'm glad to have talked about. I think, and I know that, you know, there are people who aren't really going to be moved um, until they feel the actions and the full brunt that climate change has to offer to them. And that's really sad. And it's so unfortunate. You know, this is bigger than avocado toast and, you know, shock, you know, having to, you know, wear your clothes hundreds, if not, if not thousands of times, you know, before you donate it or reuse it, you know, before you trash it. You know, this, this is an issue. Climate change is an issue, is an issue uh, that's not going anywhere. And it's, and it's our problem to solve in this lifetime. It's not for our future um grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, three times great-grandchildren to worry about, um, if at all. Because if we're not careful, the planet won't be here um, by the time they are born into this world, if it is even here. Um, there's so many different uh, occurrences that have happened, I talked about earlier uh, in the program, about the Californian um, wildfires, about the Australian wildfires, and uh, with recent phenomenons, there are also other ones that are peculiar as well. Uh, like, for example, not having normal, um, you know, white wi- white um, winters or white Christmases, etc. around the holidays. Here in uh, the U.S. on the East Coast, we know snow, we have snow. Um, New Englanders uh, know about uh, winter for sure. But, you know, in Maryland here, it's just like, you know, the winters have just been passing by and there hasn't been the snow like it used to be, uh, you know, back in 2014, 2015. And, you know, I can remember uh, when we would have snow, you know, maybe a foot or so less or, or, or around that uh, measurement of snow. But, you know, it's not normal to have, uh, when you do have snow, snow, it's not normal to have three, four, five feet of snow. Um, and it just, sit there for days and days on end. I'm not I'm not used to that type of snow. And we we haven't had that type of snow for a while. That's not our norm. But to not have snow or to have snow that's three, four, four, five heat, feet high, those scenarios are abnormal. Um people who are living now and suffering through um other types of phenomenon when it comes to um, the the weather. Like in Texas, getting snow in Texas is a rarity, um, or at least it should be. And also, you know, places like Georgia, Mississippi. I think one of them had snow uh, recently, I think in 2019, or if not 2018, you know, and that's just, that's just not um, regular. That's just not a, an, an everyday occurrence, I should say. You know, southern states and even states in the West, they're historically known um, for their heat, for that dry, that that mucky sometimes heat, um, for their warmth. And they never have to worry about, um, you know, wearing winter clothes, winter weather clothes, or ever sne- seeing snow. They just never see that. You know, they would have to come up uh, to um, the East Coast or um, to New England, for example, or even uh, the Midwest, like somewhere like Chicago, to see snow. 
Um, I know my cousins in uh, Florida, for example, you know, they, they never see snow. They've never, you know, seen snow except when they come up here, um, you know, every uh, so often uh, to, um, you know, visit up in, you know, Maryland. So, you know, it's, it's really the, the sign of the times when you can, you know, um, witness some of the weird, um, weather that's, you know, happening. I want to jump next to, you know, talking about, um, the different industries that I, I named off the top of my head, agricultural food, um, types of, um, sectors and things, transportation, energy. These are the type of the, um, you know, types of the biggest polluters we have as far as industries and as far as their, um, greenhouse gas output. And, um, you know, these are backed by stats. Um, the World Resources Institute, um, WRI, they are really famous for their stats and, um, statistics. And so, um, even they, they've, they've, um, talked about older statistics, but back in t- uh, 2005, they had their statistics and the Guardian um, talked about and, and brought them back up um, in uh, 2011. So I want to talk about some of those statistics and um, you can uh, learn more about the resources there. And I'll talk about that link uh, really soon. So agriculture was um, really high with about 13.8% Um, of the uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, Fuel and power for residential buildings was at Uh, 10.2%. Road transportation was at 10.5%. Tourism was at 8%, and that was according to some updated um, information as of May 2018. Um, Oil and gas production was at uh, 6.4%. Fuel and power uh, for commercial buildings was at 6.3%. Uh, livestock and, me- and manure, that's a 5.4%. And agricultural soils um, was at 5.2%. And then cement production was at 5%. Now, there are uh, different types of updated stats that you can look into. Um, those were just to, you know, give you a flashback um, of how far we've come. Recent stats are probably going to definitely differ from um, what I just mentioned, but if you want to see the um, chart for, you, for yourself from uh, the 2005 data, just to compare um, from from recent uh, data, you know, 2019 data, for example, I will go ahead and leave that link for you so you can check it out in the show notes. And uh, lastly, I want to talk about um, one of the uh, states, Alaska, and how it's the top state for serial killers. Um, that may be a shocking fact you may not have known about before, but, you know, it's no surprise, I think, that it's the top state because, again, it's also one of the, um, colder type of states we have, um, in our country as a part of our country. And, you know, they have uh, 51 serial uh, murder cases as of 2014. Um, in the research, we, we learned that, um, with warmer winter, you can sort of get away, uh, essentially with, um, you know, having that, um, 
I won't, I wouldn't say happy medium, but having that chance to get away with certain things, certain crimes and whatnot. But with Alaska, like it's so cold that you could definitely, you know, hide a dead body somewhere. And people joke about that, um, you know, even though it's serious, um, because of how um, desolate in some places and how ominous and how um, bare in some places in Alaska it is. So that's just a you know, talk about, you know, crime in a way and in a way that's real, you know, shocking for all my Alaskan listeners out there. If any, you know, you know how Alaska is. It is beautiful, mighty, majestic, um, you know, natural beauty is there in its space and surroundings, but it is dangerous. So next, I want to go ahead and talk about some useful Uh, resources for you in the Mother Earth Minutes. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes, future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the show notes of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So we've come to the Mother Earth Minutes where we review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to combat the issue in the episode and save Mother Earth. The message for this episode is that, you know, you may not always be able to stop crime when it happens, but you can go ahead and help stop the causes and effects um, of climate change, especially from, you know, them getting worse. You can do your part. All of us can and will. Um, It just takes time, you know, knowledge, finding out, um, you know, what you can do, being creative, Um, you know, and, you know, if you don't believe that the planet is changing, you know, think again. There is so much going around um, and it's, it's shocking, um, you know, to say the least and it's scary to say the most. A number one tip uh, I think is really important is to, you know, find out the biggest uh, producers and culprits of um, those who are emitting uh, greenhouse gases. I found um, a report. It took some digging, but I went ahead and found some recent data from 2017. Um, the the uh, Carbon Majors uh, Database Uh, the CDP Carbon Majors Report for 2017 and talks about the 100 um, fossil fuel producers and also nearly, um, you you know, the 100 trillion tons of greenhouse gas emissions that they put out every single year. Um, You can find out which companies on that list that you support or have supported, you know, and you can also research their subsidiaries and other branches Um, that a a, a gas corporation on that list um, owns or has connections to. So, you know, maybe it may be um, ExxonMobil or BP or Shell or any of the number of um, energy and gas companies and which ones 
which smaller brands maybe that they own and if they have ties to again BP Shell or Exxon Mobil you can you know sl slowly wean if not uh, totally um, detract yourself from use of uh, those those gas um, uh, products and uh, their uh, services and um, you can you know be someone who learns you know the hard truth that you know it's, it's tough to sometimes realize but you know the contribution of fossil fuels has has gone up and because of global warming um, it's been significant and the contribution of fossil fuels um, because of global warming has doubled um, coal it makes up the largest uh, share the largest share of uh, fossil fuels I talked about that um, in the podcast um, uh, I think last month uh, about uh, coal use and then also you know the large ventures um, into carbon intensive things um, you know they've um, the, the energy companies of the world they ventured into unconventional types of oils tar sands for example um, um, digging into soils sometimes soils that were untouched before in places like Canada for example um, so our neighbors and our, our friendly friends up in Canada they are suffering because you know the tar sands and their precious soils um, are being you know decimated because companies want to look for untouched um, unconventional uh, sources uh, for energy uh, number two and the last uh, tip is to review charted you know recent data about um, climate change so this proves what's happening to our planet uh, number two the number two um, uh, data point and chart um, from the link I'll share in the show notes it really shows how expensive climate change is billions of dollars worth every single year it's costing us um, and you can learn about that link um, I'll have it there um, on um, grist.org it's in the show notes and number three um, additional uh, step there's no just two uh, steps or, or tips there's only there's three uh, so my mistake there uh, so for number three uh, the last one is to uh, choose to be sustainable now I talked about um, in my podcast episode back in um, October so back um, in um, October 10th or on October 10th uh, 2019 I talked about um, in in that episode US consumers are confused on how to shop more sustainably I mentioned the most sustainable companies of 2019 now this is pretty recent so I will again attach that a link for the full list of all the best sustainable companies um, for you so you can check it out if you hadn't listened to that episode now also uh, attach the methodology used when calculating uh, for the uh, number of uh, sustainable companies of the world in 2019. So uh, you can listen to, uh, again, more of that episode I mentioned. Uh, it's in my catalog of uh, podcast episodes. And again, that company list of all the most sustainable companies of 2019, you can go ahead 
and uh, patronize them and support them. These are the best uh, companies for our planet that are doing better. Um, and they are not adding to the uh, climate change problem, the climate change catastrophe that we are, are, are in uh, right now. The eco-fact of the day is that an analysis of Scotland's Loch Ness finds no signs of a prehistoric reptile, but does find a surprisingly large quantity of eel DNA in all water samples. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the January-February 2020 issue. Green of Thoughts wants to hear your story. You can self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and protects the environment. If you volunteer in or work in an environmental company, either way, let Green of Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please send me a voice message. Just click on the third lower link in the show notes. all are ready for the Eco Company Spotlight, which is an amazing part within the Green of Thoughts program. And so I've been reviewing for a while now, since February 2019, uh, tons of different uh, environmentally related products and services that companies have. And I love supporting these companies, um, sharing with you you know, how these uh, brands are, their products, their ingredients, their ethos, um, how they have their packaging together, what they do and how they make, um, you know, me feel and how, you know, they can possibly make you feel when you have uh, this product or the service in your life. Um, and so I love uh, getting to uh, take part in this. And so I cannot wait to, you know, share with you one of the recent uh, companies uh, called uh, So Delicious Dairy Free. So So Delicious Dairy Free will delight your senses from smell to taste and sight at the delectable flavors and sensations of the different non-dairy ice cream makes. So Delicious Dairy Free has been making delicious decadent frozen desserts melty uh, shreds, creamy yogurt alternatives, and smooth plant-based beverages and creamers for over 30 years. As far as their commitment to sustainability, So Delicious Dairy Free does a lot. They have their uh, use of organic coconuts that they have. All of their products are certified USDA organic, gluten-free, also kosher, vegan, and also non-GMO uh, project uh, verified. So they have that stamp of approval there. And they also use the UTZ certified cocoa uh, within uh, their products as well. And also uh, So Delicious Dairy Free is also a B Corp. 
So uh, with a uh, so delicious dairy free being a certified B Corp, uh, that's a benefit corp. It is of course putting people and the planet first, again in their ethos and a company, while also making sure that their values are never compromised. Um, also, uh, when it comes to uh, so delicious dairy free. Uh, they have been partnering with different companies uh, when it comes to um, those within the food and beverage industry. And so they've been reaching out to um, make their packaging more sustainable and more recyclable. Uh, and they're trying to hit that target and do so by 2025. So Delicious Dairy Free has tons of different uh, products uh, when it comes to them and uh, what they have. So they have... Um, the use of almond milk, cashew milk, and coconut milk, and oat milk. Those are the types of um, components that they have in their um, selections as far as what type of products that they have. So when it comes to their beverages or um, different creamers or their um, coconut milk yogurt alternatives, their frozen desserts, or even their shreds um, and their product there, they have all of those um, things that I mentioned, almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk, and oat milk, all of those are made uh, into the different products that they have. So as far as their beverages, they have their uh, chocolate six-pack, um, they also have holiday nog, unsweetened uh, vanilla, also uh, vanilla, the flavor, and then they have also original. They also have, um, as far as their coconut milk yogurt alternatives, uh, they have flavors like pineapple uh, brulee, raspberry, uh, spiced blueberry, sweet mango, and also triple berry and uh, more flavors. As far as their creamers, they have uh, such flavors like creamy original, uh, creamy vanilla, French vanilla uh, in quart size, and also flavors, other flavors there. As far as their frozen desserts, they have flavors like uh, blueberry uh, cardamom, um, coconut macaroon, and also cookies and cream, uh, cranberry cherry swirl, mango swirl, oatmeal cookie, and many, many tons of uh, other flavors. And lastly, for their shreds, uh, that is their cheese product. They have flavored uh, coconut shreds in cheddar, um, Cheddar Jack and also mozzarella. To contact um, the brand, you can go ahead and reach out a uh, So Delicious Dairy Free. You can email them uh, by going uh, to uh, the website uh, SoDeliciousDairyFree.com and then going to their contact us section to go ahead and check out their online message form. You can mail them at their address So Delicious Dairy Free at uh, 12002. Airport Way, Broomfield, Colorado, um, at uh, 800 as uh, 80021, and you can also call them. And uh, their hours of operation are 7 uh, a.m. to 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. They're available Monday through Friday, and that phone number is 1-866-388. 7853. I want to talk about my experience of So Delicious Dairy Free. For me, I fell in love with their uh, different drinks that they have. So, the beverages, I think I tried vanilla or maybe the original flavor. And I've had, 
I've eaten some of their yogurts. I love the flavors and the creaminess of their yogurt. It is different than anything imaginable. I can I can tell you that right now. And whenever I go to Giant, I'll usually go ahead and pick me up some of their products. I love the taste. Again, that creaminess is there. They are wonderful, delightful. As you you know know you know some of the flavors I mentioned, like the mango swirl and the other types of flavors, you know, vanilla for their beverages and other types of things that they have. You cannot go wrong with creativity in their flavors and their names and what they stand for. They are amazing uh, in what they do and they've been around for a long time, more than 30 years, so they know what they're doing. So their products are amazing, no joke, you cannot go wrong with this. You know, you can have it as a snack. Um, I usually eat it as a snack. Um, you know, just to, you know, wet my palate and to have something uh, very tasty. Sometimes as a treat, I'll use it as um, that because I do like desserts, but um, I like something healthy. And so with uh, their coconut products um, and other types of products that they have, again, um, non, it's not dairy, it's dairy-free, you know, for all those who may be lactose intolerant or have issues or be allergic to dairy products, this will definitely be a pick-me-up and something that you could eat for many, many years to come. And it's great because it's a definite alternative to, you know, eating ice cream, anyone who doesn't like ice cream or anything like that. And it's pretty lightweight, but at the same time filling. So, you know, coconut is filling to some degree and I love it uh, to eat and uh, for me I think it's a really great buy so delicious dairy free products can be found online at different online retailers like Amazon Amazon Fresh Instacart Jet also Kroger Sam's Club Target, Walmart, and also Walmart Grocery. And then you can find them in store at places like BJ's Wholesale Club, at CVS Pharmacy, um, Food Lion, also uh, again, a giant uh, food store, um, Harris Teeter, Safeway, Shoppers, Target, uh, Walmart, Wegmans, Wise Markets. Also, also you can find them at uh, Yes Organic. Um, among other types of retailers, different retailers across the country and world uh, where available. So Delicious Dairy Free is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at uh, So Delicious uh, Free Dairy. They're also on Instagram at So underscore Delicious. They're on Pinterest at uh, So Delicious Dairy Free. Um, also, they're on Twitter at So Delicious. And also on YouTube at uh, So Delicious Dairy Free. Again, uh, when when it comes to contacting So Delicious Dairy Free, you can go to the website SoDeliciousDairyFree.com and then go and click on Contact Us to go ahead and fill out their message form. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this, you know, different type of episode when it comes to statistics. Um, and that crime and uh, climate change um, uh, parallel, um, but you know it's it's something different. And I wanted to switch things up. I'm really glad to have you know gotten to talk about this, research a little bit about it, and share with you um, all 
uh, that I've come to learn about this. And hopefully you can share this with someone who maybe loves crime, crime statistics maybe, someone who maybe loves also climate change, and that's their um, niche. And so they, you know, may want to learn, you know, about the ties of, you know, crime and how it's connected. Uh, so I uh, do uh, have, you know, tons of different uh, things in the works. Um, but I want to, you know, wish you all, you know, happiness. And uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, so you can be on the lookout for the next podcast episode coming up really soon. Until then, you all be well and take care and stay warm. Bye. Bye.